Hi, I'm James. And I'm Drew. And welcome to Graphic Support Group, a mindful podcast for the design industry and the self, where empathy and the creative cloud meet. Join us as we delve into the mind and soul of graphic design, from PSDs to PTSD. This is Graphic Support Group. from Will Work for Good. Um, Carissa is was a partner and operates Will Work for Good with Kevin O'Neill, um, and they are a design studio based in New Jersey. Um, Carissa has a background in curatorial studies from MICA, and then she went on to complete a design research MFA at SVA, and then also went on to be a researcher at the prestigious Jan van Eyck Academy in the Netherlands. Um, she and I met back in 2013 in Lithuania, of all places. Um, we were both there for the first edition of Graphic Design Summer Sessions, um, which is a summer sort of design workshop program hosted by Artes um, in the Netherlands. Um, super fun, kind of weird program um, doing, I would call it like dystopian design research. Also, given their <laughs> past um, topics, but they've been all over the world. And it was super fun to um, be there and meet Carissa. And uh, we're really happy to have her on Graphic Support Pod. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. Oh, thanks for having me. That was a fun summer. It was like design summer camp. Yeah. So it was at an art colony on an island off of Lithuania. Wow. And I think they just go to a different destination every summer. Yeah. They've been in Tokyo and Beijing. and I think I just found out that my heritage is Lithuanian. So I'm like, my name is Lit- Litowitz, which is probably was like Lit- Litvak or something. Or like Litovak. I don't know. Any. I wanted to start the, the episode on a kind of lighter note. Um, I have a very funny question, which I don't know if this will embarrass you or not. But I remember, actually, before meeting you, Carissa, I was slightly familiar with uh, Will Work for Good's uh, work. But there was a particular project that um, stuck in my mind, which is Major Lazer's Ponda Floor video. (laughs) And I was just, you know, wondering if you had a story about that. You credited it as... um, vector insanity (laughs) on the video i think that's up on youtube Mm -hmm. yeah well i we've done a lot of work with tim and eric awesome show and so eric reached out to us to work on this video he knew it was going to be a dance performance on a green screen the costumes were already selected and everything and we got to imagine what the environment would be so uh, we decided it was a house party and started um, making these watercolor illustrations of interiors that involved like cat condos and open refrigerators and right. just a mishmash of aesthetics, I would say. And then Eric connected us with a 
like a 3D renderer who was able to take these watercolors that we just photographed high res and develop them into uh, fly throughs, which was wow. super weird and great to yeah, see it looks something crazy. <laughs> come to life that way. And then, yeah, we also layered in vector art and other pieces. Yeah. yeah. I remember that video being kind of like a cult scandal because no one had seen such insane dancing. Um, and it's funny insane. because the video is actually age restricted here in Korea. Like, I have to like confirm my identity and my age yeah. to watch it. Um, we don't yeah. really like lay claim to it. You know, like it's uh -huh. not something, <laughs> the portfolio or anything at this point. <laughs> right, How, right, right. However, like I have been in workshops and stuff where people are like, I know about Major Lazer. <laughs> yeah, like I would not have had any idea. I was like, this is cool, but it just doesn't uh, strike me as the the style that you guys are known for. Yeah. But uh, was, um, what was the other stuff you did with Tim and Eric? Even their current website is like an artifact from, I want to say, like 13 or so. The years current ago. Tim and Eric website? Yeah. I got to check it out. That's awesome. Bunch of stuff. Like Just because uh, Kevin and Eric knew each other from Philly, like from ages ago. Oh, wow. Because uh, cool. Eric was in a band. Kevin did the. Oh, right, right. That. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Very cool. I guess on that note, could you sort of describe the studio a little bit and um, the, how the setup is like? You guys have been working for together for a very long time, right? Yes, very long time. Um, well, we started sort of like thinking about the studios, like what if all of our side projects became our business? Could we sustain ourselves that way? And it was like... Um, based on the idea that like small is beautiful, like small projects, small budgets, small means, what can we do? That is hard to sustain <laughs> yourself upon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I could vouch for that. Um, but it is an ethic that still runs through our work. And um, so besides um, the small projects, we do, um, well, like everything for the revenge label, they're, they're like family to us and wonderful. And then we also uh, do consulting. So like I'll get involved in like public health consulting, project management for other kinds of organizations. And now I'm also, um, you know, doing some interior design. So oh, wow. <laughs> we have a very expansive practice. <laughs> But it was rooted in like this sort of uh, ethos of democratizing art and design. Like we were doing Meet Your Printmaker, which was a printmaking uh, blog. And then I was running a printmaking gallery down in DC for a while. Drew, you had some questions about the, the will work for good sort of style and portfolio. I'm curious before we get more into that, like yeah. how you guys yeah how you like approach the projects and like um what the what like the process is sort of like like between you two yeah uh there we don't have official roles and it does waver depending on interest and time availability and all of that um but 
Kevin has a background in graphic design uh, from like an academic level, like he studied at Rutgers and, and has been doing graphic design professionally longer than I have. Whereas I came up around a different way <laughs> through a fine art background and then um, got involved almost like on a project management art director level at first. And then I got really interested in the um, research and and um, maybe like just the conversation around it. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, that's how we kind of came together. We were thinking about graphic design in terms of like um, maintenance, maintenance of like ideas and communication materials and like so not creating garbage, but creating like <laughs> points of connection between things. Right. Mm -hmm. um, That's an interesting point. I think also it kind of relates to something I'm curious about, about the name. Um, I remember when the first time I came across the WWFG portfolio on some like design blog or link site, I was like, wow, that's a, that sounds like a mission statement. <laughs> yeah. It's also like the best name, like straight up. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so crazy. Name for a while, we like totally disowned it and called ourselves Joanne. <laughs> Design studio <laughs> names are so bad all the time. They're either like too, like trying too hard or, I mean, will work for good. It's just like, just rolls off the tongue, you know? Oh, wow. And it also right. sounds like you're like, you know, into some nice stuff. Not, not like trying to be funny or like, I mean, it has like a sort of humor to it too, I guess, but. Yeah, when we set up the bank account, the banker was like, this isn't a good name. No one's going to want to pay for your work. <laughs> this isn't capitalistic enough. Yeah, definitely not. But I, I think of it as sort of like a life sentence, like we're going to be working forever. <laughs> what if you start working for bad, though? Then you have to really consider. <laughs> we'll work for bad sometimes also. Yeah. <laughs> Got to pay the bills. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm like a huge fan of your work as James mentioned. And like, I find it so interesting that I feel like you're not, I don't know how to say this in a way that's, it's a compliment, but it's like, you're not really like on the scene in a lot of ways. Like, I don't think it's the type mm -hmm. of thing where you're like pop, like you're like trying to be like on the design scene. It's more like you guys are just making like insanely good work consistently that like people see and enjoy, but they don't necessarily know who's behind it unless they're really in the know. <laughs> like I was like, who was, I, I think it was, maybe it was the Alada Negro album cover the oh. first time where I was like, who is making this stuff? And then I like looked and I was like trying to find it and it was like kind of hard to figure out who was behind it. And then I was like, I think it's the studio. I don't even know if they're a studio like and I was like trying to find like your like information like it's like it was like a little bit like I don't remember why but it wasn't easy for me to like access like who are these people making this stuff and then I was like oh I guess they do all this stuff for revenge and then I like sort of put the pieces together and I think James had mentioned that he knew you or something so that's the only way that I knew that it was like a real <laughs> Like, <laughs> like, it's like who is will work for good like who are these people where do they live like what are they doing but like Wait, all the so, 
What are I'll, we supposed to do so that we're more? I don't legible? know. <laughs> I think it's just like it was like actually really exciting to me that it that like is that a surprise to you to hear or is it more like obvious or? I know that we prefer to be behind the scenes. We're not like trying. Yeah, yeah. Maybe to uh, uh, promote ourselves, like. I know Kevin keeps wanting to pull the site website down. I'm like, just leave it, just leave. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's kind of what I I gather. Like, it's like very kind of, yeah, like low key. But then the work is like yeah. so, like expressive and like heartwarming and like you know it gives me personally like a lot of joy to look at. And so I find that to be like the most comforting in a sense that like. It, the name holds true. It's like you're not doing it to like show off, you know. It's like it's like we'll make the work. It's good, and uh, that's what our name is. And I don't know. So that was something that I just wanted to say was like very interesting to me in terms of like how I encountered uh, your work and like how I kind of still engage with it. I guess like I'm always just like very excited when a new thing comes out, and I'm like, oh, like you know, I don't know. I don't know why I feel like there's something in that maybe that you can speak to. Well, I really appreciate it. It's, it's nice. Cause you know, like all of us, I'm sure like we make these things, we don't know what happens to them or who we reach. So it's really nice to hear that. Thank you for that. Oh yeah. yeah that's cool. <laughs> also seeing so much like just boring music design out there and stuff that just isn't really that thoughtful and like doesn't really seem to capture what's going on on the like music you know i think it does a good job yeah i get that well i think i guess i could say just like that goes back to like trying not to make it about um ourselves but like in service like i'm totally cool with design being about being in service of something else so like this idea of maintenance is something that we've really latched on to of like we're trying to keep a conversation going and we're trying to like support messages getting out there that we think are worth sharing or worth connecting to. So, um, and that note, I mean, and you, you guys have a pretty diverse portfolio, both in terms of activity and services and practice. Um, but also like on that, on that note of like continuing a conversation, you've also, continue like really long lasting relationships with some of your clients and um one on one relationship that i'm pretty bummed about personally is beats in space Mm -hmm. took a break and it looks like it's gonna be an indefinite break but (laughs) like like just even this print behind me this work on paper Mm -hmm. this is uh joe fife and he's an artist we did an artist book for i want to say like 10 years ago and joe just contacted us and was like i'm ready to do another book (laughs) so great so great yes let's do it so yeah i think our first project our very first project together as well work for good was uh audio reenactment of the haitian revolution for um a radio dj uh, rodrigue cole and it was a six-year project Wow. Had to illustrate a battle scene and get through all these archives. And it was like a whole study in like another relationship to time. And I think 
that had, or because the audio recording itself was from the 70s. So there was no urgency about it. It was just like, let's do it right and let's honor all the people involved. And so like, um, that is something that I think informed things moving forward. Just like, we don't have to like rush or be um, the first with an idea, like we can just, you know, do what's right for the project. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, lots of our projects are like long-term relationships and like mm -hmm. sort of everything you say, you, you're told not to do in business, <laughs> don't work with <laughs> friends and family. <laughs> given us so much where would we be without you adobe every update each new feature brings a new spark of joy to the process constantly changing always evolving in a constant state of flux shifting where would we be without your humble automated cloud-based grace Perhaps our pockets would be deeper, but where would that leave our work? You have created a world of creators, invented a world of inventors. You have given the world so much light. Now is your chance to shine, so thank you from all of us at Graphic Support Group. One thing that, uh, on the note of like the the quality of the work and the sort of the perspective and I guess like um, design attitude of will work for good that I I find continually delightful and then also this kind of relates to my first experience meeting and working with you, Chris, is that there is this really great sense of play um, and there's a real like sense of creative energy that's like exuberant in some ways but not like overly exuberant i can i think like to make this anecdotal um your project the uh, edward snowden fanzine that you you started in in lithuania i was just so shocked and amazed how like fluidly you were working with these pretty like cryptic references that i didn't know but then you didn't have to know the references to really enjoy the project and the, the project itself had so many tentacles, like there was a script and there's an interactive component. And I think I, I, uh, I can only speak from that experience, but I sensed, I sense a similar sensibility in the WWFG portfolio too, where there's like a fluidity to your thinking in terms of 
the concept behind the design and then also the references that you're making and then also the the form making itself too there's like a playful sort of fluidity thanks james um, yeah yeah i think uh we're curious people we're like always yeah. looking like always trying to absorb and connect so like the more people that can get involved and the more tentacles something can have like tangenting is big mm. <laughs> always <laughs> taking a tangent <laughs> like always diverting from the task <laughs> do you have a and, secret uh secret to that like like what's the secret to staying curious on like every project and like always like i think there's a story in everything like so when i was going into like my uh design research project at SVA, like one thing I looked into was like those tiny little medical inserts that come in a package of pills, you know, like there's always like that thick piece of paper. Well, like that's a whole industry with this like top secret security around it. And it was really hard to find out like how those pieces of paper everybody throws away are actually produced. And when I got into a print, a printing factory where those medical inserts were printed, there was Christmas tinsel on the printers. It was like this magic moment where like, apparently like it helped uh, reduce static electricity in the paper as the machines Whoa. were producing these. <laughs> that is so That's weird. crazy. Yeah, and that I was crazy. like, this is why I'm here <laughs> because these random things, like you can find something interesting and special and, just like just follow the thread as far as you can until you find I think, it. I think that's where like what James was saying really comes through in the work too, is it's like, it's playful and like curious, like it feels playful and curious and like joyful, despite the fact that there might be like really intense kind of conceptual like underpinnings, but like it, you don't like try to like make that the, the point, you know, it's like more like kind of, uh, just like in awe of like whatever you're discovering <laughs> like because it does feel like very improvisational I think I don't know if that's a word that like resonates with you well it resonates with me more than Kevin I would say <laughs> there is definitely a push and pull there yeah I do prefer to improv maybe and just experiment I would say whereas I think Kevin likes to know exactly where things are going before we get started. <laughs> Could you elaborate a little bit on your design and research and writing practice? Sure. Um, well, so I've got a collective that I'm a part of, I should say, Knowledge as it does. So Kiad is like a group that we started at when we were living in the Netherlands at the Van Eyck. And there are... Um, artists that I continue to collaboratively work with. So we're like reading together, we're writing together. We have done all kinds of events together. And that's something that sort of nourishes me. And like, it's very important um, to our practice. And um, so, and then some outputs of that are like academic writings that go into journals mm. and um, some of that is stuff that then goes into like, I'm part of Canaries, which is a collective 
group of chronically ill artists and people that have gendered experiences with healthcare. And so I like am admin for that um, listserv and support that group. And like we have a reading group and we do work together. So there's like all these threads of things that inform each other in maybe not the most linear fashion, but in sort of a web that continues mm. to expand or like that's the, that's the hope. Yeah, it sounds like. So right like... now I'm working on um, a v video essay for um, an event in the summer. We'll see how that oh, goes. Cool. But it's going to involve lichen and <laughs> and uh, different kinds of remote healing practices. I'm curious also to hear a little bit about the evolution of your practice because if I like. You, you did your MFA at um, at SBA in design research and then, you know, how you kind of carried that to the Young and Ike and then how that also might fold back into WWFG. Yeah, Stan Ike, then SBA. Um, it all ties together for sure. Um, Van Ike, I think, was sort of like the best. <laughs> I recommend. <laughs> I, I met wonderful people that I love forever. And um, that was special. So there's like a lot of, a lot of work happened there where we just like decided like, these are the things we care about and this is what we're gonna carry forward. So it's it was sort of like a house cleaning for the, for we'll work for good. Like, all right, oh, wow. from a distance, now we've stepped out of New York City and now we're here and what do we actually want to pursue moving forward? And that was a great opportunity to uh, give ourselves the space to figure that out. And then um, SVA was like a whole other wild world. And that was me digesting all this work that I had done in the public health arena. So like I was brought in as a design consultant of these public health projects where I wasn't supposed to have any partiality. And so I needed an outlet for my partiality. <laughs> <laughs> that became, yeah. yeah, my thesis. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. That explains the medical inserts. Yeah. Uh, mm. But yeah, so like on that specific note, like I do remember you were doing some like work with the UN before you came to Lithuania, right? No, not with the UN. With um, okay. with the public health work involved like World Bank and some other uh, okay. groups. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you, I think also you've taken that experience and also folded that into WWFG with the workshops, right? Yeah. Yeah, so all the workshops that I do with like Kiad and like Kevin and I, so like we have policy people, which is a series of like talks and symposiums and workshops, listening, like deep listening exercises and things. And so they might happen at Command, the record shop that Revenge hosts, or they might happen like in an academic setting or a thrift store. They could be, you know, they could be anywhere. But we are, we're always trying to like just um, activate an idea in a different context outside of its intended arena. Uh, interesting. I guess that would be the best way to describe it. Gosh. So um, this that's that's the intention 
of mm -hmm. the workshops. I guess it started, we did a book. Kevin and I produced a book. It was called Design, 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 Design the Poor. And it, like once we produced it, we didn't know how to distribute it. And it was just like a heavy weight. And like, what is this thing? And, um, apparently, like a lot of musicians will say you should start with a terrible failure. And that embarrassment will propel you forward. And I guess that book was ours. <laughs> and then <laughs> afterwards, it was like, at least, um, at least we can just like do small, like be more humble, just like bring people together and do things together. And it doesn't have to have a final form. So like as, as somebody who doesn't, who's not really familiar with the workshops, like could you explain to our listeners, like sort of oh, yeah. what generally they're like or like what the you know um what types of like organizations you work with we did a series of workshops called disassemblies where um in in maastricht in the netherlands where we just um orchestrated a series of events where we identified one text per event and everybody was responding to that text. They didn't need to know that, but we knew that. <laughs> so as the creators, we were like, this is the idea that we're trying to express by bringing all these people together. And then we would um, have like poets, musicians, like all these folks coming together um, and create something like a, a night or um, it's a, a talk, like a, like a dialogue or we could have, um, the output could be like a video series that is screened in a um, thrift store so that random folks are experiencing it. Like we set up like little living room scenes with projectors. So you're going through mm. a thrift store and these films are happening and you didn't know that you were going to experience that. You just wanted to buy a lamp and... <laughs> <laughs> So that was like a series of events that we set up um, within um, the Anne Van Eyck as, as one example. Another example would be like, um, there were these students, high school students at, in New Brunswick, and we worked with them uh, to create objects based on Wikipedia searches. So we just asked them to keep following the links, like if they had to pick an object and then they had to like follow it for, I think it was a dozen links to see where they ended up. And then the first and last were combined to make an object. And they were mostly sculptural, but they were also wow. other kinds of physical things. And it was pretty fun. So they had like a little exhibition at Mason Gross and then it sounds like a it sounds like a fun way to introduce design process to uh, high schoolers, yeah, or to people not exposed, you know. So, um, uh, this may sound a little yeah. confrontational, but you mentioned <laughs> that uh, you mentioned that like the Jan van Eyck was also like this period of uh, kind of cleaning house, um, but like, why is this work important to you? Oh, dude. Sorry. <laughs> That's the jugular hit right there. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, come on. Sorry. <laughs> hey, why is this work important? Uh, 
I, I, I don't mean to sound dismissive. I'm, I'm genuinely curious, like, what that shift was, because, you know, um, or what threads you carry through and then how that transformed. I'm just, I don't know why that was such a confronting question for me. Yeah. <laughs> but I uh, just think that maybe we were willing to, like, just put sort of like ethical boundaries on things in a different way. Yeah, it got really heavy. It was like, I just can't participate in certain things anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, and I was willing to like risk any kind of financial stability in order to do that. Mm -hmm. So that was part of that was part of the change. I mean, when you're in the EU, it's honestly a lot easier to, to make that stance because like, the arts are supported yeah. to a greater degree. <laughs> but um, that was, that's part of it, for sure. Yeah. But I don't think like much was lost. You know, I mean, yeah. there's still so much consistency in who we're working with and all. It, mm -hmm. it was just, you know, trimming the edges like in terms of yeah. just not working with clients whose work your whose missions you don't align with and not producing things for people who you're not you don't believe in what they're doing essentially yeah and i mean i have listened to some of your podcasts so i'm thinking about like work abuse like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Don't, you know what you don't want to be in really in oh yeah for sure situations that are toxic yeah i mean <laughs> i don't know not to get too like personal i guess but like i don't even know how to ask this because but like were did you have a lot of instances of like traumatic experiences in this like industry or in this field or just you kind of see it secondhand or you know like if you could shine a light on a bit of you know what what the other side of this would look like if you were kind of doing it the way that didn't feel right for you guys oh well i guess maybe like larger corporate kind of projects would come into play with like um, some connotations that I'm not really comfortable with, like some practices that I'm not really comfortable with. I don't, I just, I'm not going to be like complaining. Like I'm not like, gonna, like this is great. I can, I can forge a life on my own, on our own terms and it all works out and it's great. It's, awesome um so like i'm not trying to um make make mountains out of like some uncomfortable situations that might have happened in the past mm -hmm. but but it's it has occurred and it's something i try to watch out for moving forward like just we have to protect our energy because kevin's sick and stress is a trigger and it's like mm -hmm. it's a it's actually a survival thing. You can't right. can't mm. be in situations that'll that'll damage your health. Yeah. So we do, we do the best we can, and we have amazing clients that actually like are cool with working at a pace that works for us. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's like. Amazing. I mean, I think that that all like c getting back to my like fanboy intro uh was like it really shines through in the work and i think like um uh, i'm curious you know 
we were when we were like talking about interviewing or doing the podcast with you we were talking about how like there is a sort of like air of kind of like calm or like like uh it's very like spiritual a lot even like listening to you talk there's a lot of like of talk like i've heard weird words like healing or like deep or like these types of things and i do sense that in the work um so i'm curious like if that's always that's like kind of the intention now like as you were just saying it's like keeping things kind of low-key and like that produces sort of a more sort of happenstance kind of like positive like oh this is cool who knew this would happen kind of thing as opposed to like a more rigorous like sell 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 approach (laughs) that might if it was like an ad agency or something you know yeah yeah, that's ad agency. Like, trying to stay out of the marketing biz. <laughs> you got to be a closer, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, what you describe is like the ideal. Like that's the, that's what we strive for. That's like what we want, and it's not always that way. And I'm terrible because I'll just be like, "Yes, I want to do that too," and like pile it all on. <laughs> so learning to edit and and take things off and like so that you can give attention to the things you're keeping on your plate that's something i that's not something that comes naturally to me but is something that focused on it support now? We love hearing from the design community. Call us at 202-507-9158. Please share your story with us after the tone. We'll do our best to respond on our podcast. Please leave a name or alias, design role, and location. Thank you for your call. talk also about the sense of value that you get from others i think that provides a ton of clarity for me especially also as an educator um also but like also kind of in in contrast to some of the work that you may have been doing a long time ago in terms of like brand workshops like those are always kind of flawed to me in the sense that like you're you start with a theory and you're just creating these meetings and workshops to prove that theory mm-hmm. whereas it sounds like for you guys it's like you really are genuinely interested in and and going back to your sense of curiosity of like creating these spaces and moments where like you're not sure what you're going to learn from others and there might be conflicts but like that's part of the process yeah you have to be like willing to be vulnerable <laughs> i guess yeah. um and and i don't think like any 
but he's saying like there's no output, there's no outcome ever predetermined. Like sometimes you have to have that. It's it just it, but allowing for things to happen in the in the moment is also important. And and like the opportunity to work in more like school settings is something like I've always craved. And most people that work with me think I teach or have taught and I never have, but it's like always something I want to do. And I'm, I would love to have a conversation with you, James, about what it's like. No, you would, you would, I'm so surprised to hear that you've never taught because you'd be an, an amazing teacher. And this, I think, uh, actually dovetails into something I was thinking last night about like, selfishness in design education like i really had this moment where i had to like check myself like am i really doing this for the students and understanding or am i doing this for myself and where does that line get drawn like where mm -hmm. does my ego stop and where does it you know um but yeah i mean it I, I, from a sort of kind of design and orchestrator or organizer standpoint i'm curious sort of how you what attitude you take to these projects facilitation or just even just plain organizing like selecting people to come talk like are they going to be cool with this loose format or are they going to try and yeah well i mean you have an idea and you put you put a couple like wild cards in there because when things don't go quite as planned even even though that, that can be uncomfortable in the moment, that's where like often the lesson is. That's the thing that like carries you onto the next project. That's that's the thing that like you can. Um, it seems like so much also hinges on like fulfillment, you know? And when so mu when so much is hinging on like true fulfillment, actually like the stakes are pretty high. I don't know. Do you, is that does that sound accurate? Like it seems like you know you're like I'm gonna put it all out there and see how this goes. And like if I feel really good at the end of it, that's like kind of like if everybody feels good at the end of it, that's like a success in your book, right? So it's like, um, what happens if no one if it doesn't feel good, or like what happens if you know people aren't bringing that energy or that sort of like eagerness, like they don't meet you with that. Like, you know, is there, is there ever a situation where you're like, you feel really bad because like you, your whole thing is not feeling bad. <laughs> and like, if, you know, it's like, if it backfires, then it's like, you just feel terrible. I don't know. Does that happen? That I feel terrible? Of like, course. <laughs> like, I just feel like it's like, I don't know. How do I, what, what I'm asking, I guess, is like, is it harder actually in a certain sense to be so invested in the emotional aspects of this work? And like, it's so hard that Kevin couldn't actually be present for this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good answer. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I would love to hear like a little bit more about that because it does you know it's like sort of like a therapist or something it's like the therapist goes home and, and then they're like well hopefully that person's not depressed as depressed <laughs> as like when they came you know i don't know it's like is there something like similar to that like hopefully i'm making this person's life better i feel good but like i'm not sure <laughs> like yeah i mean if like elaborate a little bit more about like the stress of it or 
or what what's what is difficult about it um what is difficult about it is like um so like the social anxiety of like creating a situation where no one's familiar with the terms of that situation um that's that's a stressful thing maybe it's like less stressful for us because we created those terms <laughs> so so we have some sort of advantage there and just but i always trust our intention and so that even if it even if things fly off in a direction unexpected i don't know like what you experienced in lithuania james it's just like feeding off of what everybody's giving you in the room yeah yeah so it's like if we're all going for it and like trying to like be present as much as possible like as long as you're being present in the moment and you can see what people are engaged in like and just building upon that hopefully things will turn out but yeah. but there's also a plan in our back pocket it's like, mm-hmm. you're not flying blind and but we ha- <clears throat> we have a ongoing question that we ask all of our guests mm-hmm. um, and and I hope this isn't too confrontational either. Not again, James. Yeah, no, but it, it's, it's going to be yeah, more. It's I, more confrontational. It's more confrontational, actually. <laughs> so let me just phrase this correctly. Could you share a lasting experience from your design career that has affected you emotionally or psychologically? I think even just like the origin story, I guess you could say, of like starting with this Haitian reenactment of the revolution that was um that audio reenactment definitely left an indelible mark it's like part of everything that we did after um that's just yeah learn submitting to another person's vision another person's way of like seeing the world and learning from that and just being open to what that'll bring led to other projects led to other kinds of interactions. And uh, we did like a whole exhibition based on the relationship we developed with Rod in the process of making that. Um, so like, what, is there any doubt? Are there like doubts that creep in? Like, are, is there a lot like insecurities too? Um, like what are those kind of like, I guess, in terms of your way of doing things? Insecurities? I mean, um, sure, tons. Definitely don't have a graphic design background, <laughs> so that's pretty big one. And um, like just recognizing the limitations of what we're capable of. So like, there are certain things that love to do, but haven't been able to like really get in there and like do it ourselves like maybe it's just like we need to take a few classes or something and learn some new tools Uh, there's definitely limitations we like to come up with a mantra for each episode i I feel like you'd be pretty good at this carissa i I have a hunch (laughs) it doesn't have to be like encapsulating of the conversation but maybe it's something that you want to remind yourself as a in your like life and and design practice recently lately i've been talking about embracing dependency Hmm. rather than being like 
like I love autonomy, but I also like want to be uh, acknowledging that we're all interdependent. Hmm. I mean, that's Raising sort of yeah, that sort of like encapsulates a lot of the conversation, I think, too. It, it, even if that wasn't the intention, because it's like a lot about symbiosis or uh, these sorts of like connections that are being formed and not necessarily knowing where things are going, but like trusting the relationship or like putting the trust in, in there uh, yeah. to depend on somebody else for like it to work out. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's true. Like even if you think about like revenge and how the label has developed over time, it's been so great to see like that there's more mutual interests over time than when it started. It's kind of great. Like you guys are all on like the same sort of like you're both both parties are impacting this thing like in different ways and it's becoming something else kind of. Yeah, I was going to say it, that embracing dependency also kind of it's 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 also recognizing that like you're going to you're going to affect each other and that, that both both parties are of value and it's not a one sided thing. Yeah, I mean, like, I think it's pretty cliche for like design to be like we'd like limitations and having some like sort of boundaries to like play off of certain like design constraints that like informs great design so like dependency is some something where it's like yeah maybe more active in my mind where it's Mm -hmm. there's a push and pull yeah it's like it also seems like it's like so integral to your work because it's like you sort of don't think it's successful unless some of that like residue has like exchanged hands you know (laughs) Where it's like, oh, we've like got, we took some of that and they took some, like, and we don't, you know, I don't know. I feel like that definitely comes across in like everything you've been saying too. So I think that's great. Cool. Um, well, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> yeah, thanks could, so much. We could talk to you forever. Um, but thank you so much for, for making the time. It's been a great conversation. Yeah.